So the threshing floor could be in a barn, but often in a, in a community there would be a, a threshing floor outdoors. And it was uh, made of stone, uh, circular or square or, you know, who knows, oblong. But uh, what would happen is, you know, of course it would be flat and people would bring their wheat to the threshing floor, all right, and they'd spread it on the threshing floor, dump it on the threshing floor. And then they would take a flail, and a flail was uh, basically two rods connected by a short chain. And uh, the, the, uh, the rod that the person would hold would be about eh, five feet, then a chain, then three feet. And then they would take the flail and beat the living dickens out of the wheat to separate, you know, the, the wheat from the stalk and, the, and to loosen the chaff, et cetera, et cetera. And then, so that's a flail, beating the heck out of the wheat. Then they would take a winnowing fan, which could be a fork or it could be sort of a, uh, sort of a, a shallow dish, and they would take all of that and they would throw it up. I mean, not vomit. They would throw it up. <laughs> and... Uh, and of course, they'd wait for a somewhat windy day, so they'd, they'd toss it. There, that's better. They'd toss their cookies. No, they'd toss their, this, you know, now broken up mixture of wheat and chaff and stalk and, you know, all that stuff. Toss it up, wind. So the, the, the kernels were heavier than the chaff. And so what would be, they'd be left with just the wheat and the chaff would be blown away because the chaff is just sort of, well, it's light. It's, it's in a sense, uh, has less existence, if you will, if you go with me on that, less existence than the wheat. So it blows away, and then you're left with the wheat, and the wheat can be collected and, and put into a barn. So, John the Baptist says, we are the wheat, but not after the threshing floor. We are the wheat that is dumped onto the threshing floor and then is beaten with the flail and tossed to separate the chaff from us. And today is supposed to be a joyful Sunday. <laughs> Halfway through both of our uh, penitential seasons, there's a rose or pink Sunday um, where the church kind of says, okay, we're not going to go full purple, which is, of course, horrible purple and, uh, you know, penitential. We're going to take a little bit off the fastball and give you a pink Sunday so that you can rejoice a little bit so you don't go too weary through the penitential seasons. That's the idea. So today is called Gaudete Sunday from the, if I remember correctly, from the, the Latin root gaudere, to rejoice, and gaudete is a command form, you rejoice. So we're bid to rejoice on this Sunday in the midst of a, of a penitential season. But it's a command. It's a command to rejoice, which is interesting. We'll get back to that. So how do we reconcile, though, such a reading like this with rejoicing? I mean, basically, John the Baptist says this is, you know, this is an, a, uh, a metaphor for what it's like to live in Christ, to be the wheat, to be beaten by him, 
and then for the chaff to be blown away and burned. Well, the metaphor here is that we all have chaff. Yeah, it could be sins, lack of virtue, could be weaknesses, failings. I mean, I realize some of these are synonymous, but it it could be, uh, you know, baggage. It could be old wounds that we have, etc. And what the Lord wants to do is purify us of all of that. But that process of purification, just like if we, you know, try to purify anything, right? If you you try to purify a, a dish, there's a certain amount of elbow grease that goes into it. Purification is always, uh, there's always a connotation of some rigor, some difficulty, some arduous work or labor that has to be done. And so the Lord is seeking to purify us. Why should we rejoice? Because all of this chaff that clings to us is true suffering. The suffering is not really the purification so much as having to live with the chaff. Yes, there is a suffering in the purification, but if we realize we're being purified, we're being made whole, we're being healed of the chaff, it's really the chaff that causes us suffering. All of these things, and it's not just failures, right? It could also be things that have happened to us by other people that continue to cling to us, that, that have claims on us, that cause suffering. Any of this kind of suffering is what God wants to take away. And the process of taking away the suffering is painful. Except the difference is that instead of having to live with that pain consistently of the chaff, the pain of purification means an end to that other suffering. It means that that's going to come to an end. You might say, well, how long? Well, I mean, I think if we look through our lives, you know, the older we get, we can can look back and we can say, there were certain things that were causing suffering that I have overcome with God's help, that God has healed me of. There are other things that maybe keep coming back in life. There, There are other things that are still with us we've never been able to overcome yet. But God is seeking to purify us of all of it, to make us whole, to really heal us. And ultimately, of course, um, this is not going to be done completely in this life. But ultimately, we we will only have the completion of this wholeness and purification in the next life. And so we wonder why, you know, throughout our lives, we keep running up against these sufferings some of which we don't create, some of which we do, but, but others we don't. Now, that doesn't mean that God is causing all of them. God is not causing every single suffering we, we meet. Some of it is caused by the, the misuse of the free will of others, of their own free will. But God can even use that to purify us. Even though he doesn't desire it for us, he never desires that horrible things happen to us, especially at the hands of another person. But even God can use that if we let him to help purify us and to renew us and to heal us. Gaudete, rejoice, do it. You must rejoice. Well, that's a command, if you will, from God to rejoice. 
Rejoicing in the midst of all of this process and life, I think, often becomes a decision. I mean, we can decide to be overcome by the chaff. We can decide to be overcome by the weaknesses. Or we can remember that they will end. That it's all going to end. And that we will be remade in Christ. And so the rejoicing is that our Lord is coming to save us. Even though that process might be long, even though that process might be difficult, he will save us, he is redeeming us, and he is renewing and healing us. And ultimately, all that chaff is going to be burned. And we will be gathered into heaven with him, where we will be truly remade and made whole. Please stand.